Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Now, if your pet goes missing, who are you going to call? Rob Kenny operates a company in both the UK and Ireland called Happy Tales, which tracks down missing animals. Rob, good afternoon to you. Sean, how are you? Not too bad. Tell us how you first got into this, the, the uh, situation you found yourself in. Was it around 2007? Yeah. Sean, so um, it was just by chance, really. It was, um, I'd, I'd never heard of a pet detective other than... Um, the man himself, Jim Carrey, um, oh. I was on holidays in America and I managed to recover a dog that was uh, ran into trouble in, in Monterey, just off the famous um, golf course called Pebble Beach. Um, the dog had got itself tied up on a harness. Um, look, I, I got it out. It managed to survive and, and um, I managed to find the owner um, the, the following morning. Um, however, um, I, I just thought to myself, well, it it was just such a wacky situation to find yourself in on the holidays to 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 end up in this position. So, look, I I, I ended up getting invited on a couple of uh, chat shows uh, in America and covering covered on national television. They said, why don't you become a pet detective? I uh, I just took it on board and um, I brought it back the idea back to Ireland and, and trained in America over two years and. Um, yeah, I've been at it now, so because of uh, 15 and a half years now I've been doing it. Right, and the course you can actually do is a missing animal response technician course. Right. And yeah. what kind of things do you learn in that? Okay, so so basically what you what you would do is from day one you would learn, um, you know, the, you know, how far an animal would travel depending on age, um, gender, whatever. Um, also, um, the training of, of a search dog. So in the United States, they, they were very big into, at the time, uh, bloodhounds, which were used by federal police um, to solve missing um, people cases. Um, and um, they were very keen on bringing this idea into into the, the tracking of, of, of uh, you know, the scent of missing pets. So... Um, nowadays, it's not as big with regard to bloodhounds. So a lot of other types of breeds such as um, springers and, um, you know, smaller breeds um, can be used um, for, 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 for this purpose. But it's, it's, um, we would also use DNA forensics, um, different equipment, high-tech equipment, um, you know, bionic ears that can um, engage if an animal is trapped in a certain, you know, um, shed or something from a distance. So, um, it covers very much everything that would be needed, and um, yeah, there was a great amount of travel involved because it covered um, Michigan, Seattle, California, and also I- Iowa. So there was a huge amount of traveling involved to cover all these courses. And um, yeah, yeah. So and and has has business increased steadily? Uh, through the years as you've gone along uh, and is that because there's maybe an uptick in, in animals disappearing? Well, first first of all, John, like, um, I think um, in in the world at the moment there's about 212 certified pet detectives hmm. who, who've been through like training as if somebody was going to, to college and studying um, a degree in something. So um, it would be very little amount of people involved in this 
um, you know, uh, pro rata to to other jobs. So um, I think you, first of all, you've got to take on board. Um, in Europe, it's very accessible for me to get anywhere. So if I'm required to do a job in Switzerland or Sweden or uh, the UK or anywhere in Ireland, you can pretty much get there within six, seven hours, right? So yeah. um, when you're in the United States, you could be talking about three days where somebody wants you to go to Florida from California or something. So it's difficult to operate a business like this in the majority of countries. So when I um, train people in Australia, they have the same problem with regards to distances. Um, we don't have it here. So luckily enough, it works pretty okay. Um, is it busier now? Oh, look, 10 years ago, I was a novice. Um, you, you, you know, I'm still a novice, but you you learn every every day. There's no matter what, you learn every day about about this sort of work and, you know, the meeting of different people who are stressed when you call and people who hire your services, people who look for advice. We try to help as many people as possible. Look, not everybody um, knows about a pet detective. Hopefully a few more people know about it today. But, um, I mean, in the UK, for instance, um, Sean, where, where we, we do a lot of work with Ireland, in the UK, there's 32 million pet owners. So, mm. huge amount of huge amount of pet owners, you know? Yeah, and, and but you say in percentage terms, Rob, how yeah. many are just, you know, a dog who just wanders off, or how many are actually kidnapped? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So, look, when I started out, um, I was, I, again, I you're learning all the time. You've come out of training, and I sort of thought, you know what, pretty much every dog here or contact that people have a missing pet, it's going to be a missing case, being a feline, being a dog, whatever, it's going to be missing, right? So, um, look, it turned out over the last probably seven, six, seven years where um, the majority of cases are no longer missing, they're stolen. Huh. That also includes feline cases. There's a huge amount of feline cases or felines that are stolen now because a lot of people dip into the um, the higher end of um, the pet market where they uh, bought expensive pedigree pets and they're always going to be targeted for breeding and resale. Right. Okay, so is is it to sell or maybe to take them off and breed? Yeah, look, breeding is very high-end at the moment. You know, it's... Uh, unfortunately, during the time of COVID, John, so many people were stuck at home and an awful lot of people who were stuck at home, the only way that they could actually, you know, manage to, to live a normal life was to go and get a pet. So the demands became really, really great for all animals. Um, and the theft rate went through the walls where people were actually attacked, had their dogs taken under CCTV and everything else. So um, it became an incredible problem um, during COVID all around Europe. Yeah. Um, and the breeders, obviously, were asked to supply about 7 million dogs. Um, and obviously, um, a lot of them were... Um, they weren't bred properly. Um, then there were dogs that were overbreeding. Um, you know, with certain uh, breed of dog that was actually highly wanted. Um, and yeah, look, it, it became a mess. Look, luckily enough, it's died down a bit with regard to that end of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it became savage to be honest with you. You know, and re- retrieving dogs oh. that have been taken by you know what is, uh, I suppose, a form of organised crime. 
Yeah. What are the possibilities of getting the dogs back? Can you negotiate? Can you pay a ransom? That kind of thing? You know, um, Sean, it's, 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 this is a sort of, so for instance, like, um, we, we would have a database, right? And we'd have a database for all parts and counties in Ireland, um, north and south. We would have a database for all parts of Scotland, um, uh, south of Wales and, uh, and the UK. So um, we would have a list of people who are known to us relatives and people involved who have a history over years of stealing pets. And we would have a list of all or a very high uh, majority of the breeding factories uh, throughout Ireland and the UK where um, a lot of this skullduggery goes on. Yeah. Now, um, a lot of people would ask the question, well, look, why is it still happening? The reason it's happening is because a lot of these places um, are private property. And it's not easy to get access without a warrant into these places. So that is the difficulty with regard to some of the places where dogs end up going, you know, that, um, are, are to be bred. But with regard to the actual recovery rate on stolen cases, um, it mightn't seem very high to you, but our success rate would be about 38%, which is uh, two in five. Yeah. It might seem not a lot, but we've recovered through the years, um, a lot of dogs that have been stolen in Ireland have been recovered in the southwest of the UK um, and uh, also in uh, Northumberland, Bishop Altman and other places in the UK. So the difficulties with regard to it um, compared to missing pets, um, obviously it's it's a long drawn out or a longer scale operation. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah than, than, a, than a sort of normal case where it might be, you know, six, seven hours um, and you know, somebody's pet is missing. Do you ever get a case, Rob, where somebody says, oh my God, my pet is missing, but they just haven't looked hard enough around their own house? Yeah, sure. Um, look, uh, Sean, this, in all my years, um, I deal with so many people, you know, on the phone, by email. During the night, you get people from New Zealand and they ask me for advice by email how to get back their missing cat, right? Yeah. I remember years ago doing a case in News Talk with a lady who had a cat missing in Toronto. We did a live show on Saturday morning. But this particular one was in Dublin, um, where a lady contacted me with regard to a mission, a missing beach, which is like a poodle. Um, and it's a dog that simply doesn't travel far. It wouldn't have a big engine. Um, my, my history told me that I didn't believe this dog was stolen. So when I said to the lady... Um, look, have you checked your house prior? Have you checked outside sheds? Everything is checked. Everything is checked. And I said to her, look, okay, I'm going to go do a search. I'm going to contact my contacts in the in the local police and whatever here. And um, I'm going to call on a couple of individuals and we'll see where we go. So um, that evening I called back to her and I said to her, look, I really don't want to be offensive in any way, but I need to check your property because I really think the dog could be somewhere around here or in a neighbour's property next door or something similar. Uh, he says to me, OK, look, he said, I haven't been drinking. And to be honest with you, my son now, he wouldn't be happy like to think that, you know. I said, look, don't take it the wrong way. I said, we're just doing the best for the pet. However, I went through the house. Um, I found the dog underneath the lady's spare room duvet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I then I then said to her, "Look, uh, I said, let's just put this down. 
at the learning curve. There's no charge for the job whatsoever. <laughs> and she explained to me, Sean, that somebody must have come through the bedroom window at night with a ladder and put the dog back. That that happens a lot. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, but look, it's one of the it's one of the wacky stories, and yeah. I, you know, I've, I've come across so many. Um, you know, I've come across so many incredibly unusual cases and whatever. And uh, yeah, when my book comes out in October, it's going to be a good read. Okay, dokey. We'll look forward to that, Rob. Thanks a million for talking with us today. That's Rob Kenny there. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.